listening to CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory in Vancouver. This is your host, Ileana, and this is the Arts Report. We got a lot of cool interviews right now. Uh, we got a nice, beautiful uh, director with us right now who's going to talk about her new movie that is uh, coming in at um, Vancouver International Film Festival. But right now we have... Uh, one of the interviews actually coming on right now uh, that's also a spookster, which is the Vancouver um, uh, theater improv show. So here he is. Hey, could you, can you hear me? Hello? Oh no. Oh, I guess he dropped off. Oh man. Sometimes that happens. Uh, we just don't get it quick enough. Um, but thankfully, uh, we do have an in-live interview right now, so we'll just do that, and then hopefully they'll call us again soon and when we have our PSA and break. So if everyone would give kind of their ears to um, this wonderful director, do you want to introduce yourself? Or? Uh, sure. I'm Carly. Uh, my last name is Stone. I have a movie at VIF. It's called The New Romantic. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and so, so The New Romantic is a movie about... This girl who's kind of a little down on, like, her love life that she writes about in, like, a column at university. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, uh, is there, like, for, um, sorry about this. I'm very no. kind of nervous. Oh, no, I'm very no, excited to talk about it, but, like, nervous <laughs> I've never time. been on the radio before, so. <laughs> so it's, like, a new experience for yeah, both exactly. of us. Um, so she's, she's kind of experiencing that college life that I'm sure all of us here right now in the studio are experiencing ourselves, where we're just, like, flipping through Tinder and stuff like that, trying to find someone, Mm -hmm. where everything's very uh, um, kind of mediatized, I guess. Uh, And do you kind of, like, expand on that kind of um, dating style now? In the film? Yeah, the film definitely explores modern dating when you're in your early 20s and like in university and what that's like and it's about this girl who's frustrated with the fact that guys her age don't seem to want to settle down which is not supposed to be expected for guys her age that's kind of yeah she kind of has unrealistic expectations of a 21 or 20 year old guy like she wants them to like sweep her off her feet and that's not what happened in in an old-fashioned romantic way but that's not really what's happening on college campuses where you're getting blackout drunk and swiping on tinder and just going on so many bad dates going on bad dates (laughs) if you even go on dates and like I didn't have tinder when I was in university but I can only imagine what it's like and um yeah it's she's she's frustrated and that like frustration leads her to kind of leads her to to try a different type of relationship. Yeah. Well, firstly, she's frustrated because she writes a sex column for the school paper and she's not a girl who has she's not very good at having casual sex, so she doesn't really have much to write about. She's just writing about the lack of romance, which is very boring. So her her column gets canceled. Oh no. And and so in order to get her column back and in the hopes of finding romance in an unexpected place, she tries another means of relationship, another type of relationship. And that kind of uh, relationship is being a sugar baby. Yeah. 
Oh, man, that's a really interesting uh, kind of thing, because I think, uh, like, at least at least I know a lot of people my age were thinking about being a sugar baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're, like, have so many, like, bills, you're just, like, maybe? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've heard that. I've definitely heard that a lot. Like, when people hear what this movie's about or when people, when I talk to people when I was working on it, people be like, oh, I knew this person who did that. I knew this person who was thinking about that. I thought about it. I think it's, like, a very... I think it's a really a reality for for students right now. Um, for sure. Yeah. It's. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely like looked up it online. It was like, does this seem like something? And like you do it like, the the way that like at least with the trailer it looks like it seems to be you it, it, kind of tackling some issues that a lot of people kind of like have with sugar babies. Or, or, like, the concept of it with, like, it kind of being, like, a way of, like, prostitution? Uh, yeah, I, I I think the film hopefully takes a very open mind towards the concept of sugar babies. And I definitely think there's a social stigma around it about it being, like, prostitution, which is it's not. It's, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. It's not. Um. D- do you mind kind of exploring that sort of, um, like, relationship then? If, like, what makes it different, I guess? Or Well, um, one thing that uh, this character, the best friend Nikki, points out is that prostitutes have pimps. Hmm. And sugar babies don't. So they're their own bosses. Okay. So I think that is a really big difference. And... I think more metaphorically it's a big difference that you are uh, you've total ownership over yourself and I think any woman can have total ownership over herself should have total ownership over herself can do whatever she wants with her body and with her time including being a sugar baby if that's what she wants to do yeah I, I think that's really I think that's a really interesting um way to look at it and I guess you kind of explore that way in the movie itself um it also is kind of funny I was watching the trailer um it was kind of like really like I didn't expect it to be kind of funny in itself but it is like a really funny uh there's like funny moments in it as well um with the um kind of relationship between her and the older male of the situation um do you think that uh you it's is that dynamic of her being younger and him being older and having more money is um something you like to or did explore in the movie itself for sure and i think that's something the film definitely focuses on like who holds the power is it the person who controls the sex, or is it the person who controls the money? Yeah. Um, other things about this film, I like, a lot of people are kind of phrasing it. I know uh, one of our correspondents here is, like, really interested in watching it. <laughs> We're, like, looking it up right now, even. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow um, night at the Rio Theater at 9, and then on Saturday... 
as well. <laughs> it's also playing. Um, I know. And then it comes out in theaters yeah, on October it, 19th. On Saturday, October the 6th, it's playing at the SFU uh, Gold Corp, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's like, oh no, we're not going to be there to see it. Maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, but other. So you're exploring this kind of relationship. Um, does the. Um, do you feel that uh, this is like a another kind of topic you would want to explore in another uh, movie again, or uh, probably not? <laughs> yeah, like I'll, I'll probably move on to something else. But I definitely like I love I'd explore women making making decisions, hard decisions, exploring coming of age, all over and over again. I'll explore that because that's definitely what I'm drawn to the most. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. You so what kind of what draws you to that exploration of womanhood? I think or just just being one. Just I being one is like yeah. <laughs> I think that that's what what drives me is just like how I interpret the world's only and like be getting a being able to dip into other characters and see how they interpret the world. Yeah, I li- and I think there needs to be more, more stories about women on in movies and on TV. Yeah, I, I definitely think that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's awesome to see a woman director as well, um, highlighting this really interesting story as well. Um, mm. Need more women directors in our life. Um, are there during the kind of uh, directing of this film? Were there points in it that it was hard to direct or um yeah I think every day was definitely a challenge but in like a really great way working with Jessica Barden who's the lead uh she she was just awesome to work with like I think she we challenged each other a lot and in like a really stimulating way and upped each other's games and it was just it was really fun and it was really challenging and it was it was the best I just want to do it again awesome yeah well thank you so much uh is there anything else you would like to say about your uh movie um no just watch it and tell your (laughs) friends and come to the theaters when it's out on circuit um, yeah I definitely think that's gonna be something everyone's gonna be really interested (laughs) pardon oh the new romantic yes and it's uh playing tomorrow at the Rio Theater, and it is playing again on October the uh, 6th at the SFU Gold Corp. So definitely check it out. It looks like it's going to be really, really awesome, and I'm excited to see it as well. Cool. Yeah, thank you well, so much for, for coming me. on. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. Um, so we're just going to go into our next interview real quick with uh, Spooktober with the Vancouver Theater Sports team. Um it looks really cool. They have like a lot of really awesome uh, themes they're doing with their shows. It looks really, really cool. Um, yeah, so they have like a lot of kind of cool things that they're doing, such as, uh, well, not things, but like different uh, prompts. They're doing like, it's starting from October 9th to the 31st, so it's like a full jam-packed uh, Halloween spin, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I think we have him. Hello? Oh no. Hello? 
Hello. Oh man, Hello? this is always the funnest part of radios, where it's just like radio calls are always going to be really hard to do because you're just like trying to pick the right button. Uh, it's really hard. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, my name is hey. Bill Osborne. I'm hi. Uh, I'm supposed to be doing an interview about our uh, theater sports show. Hello. Hi. Oh my God! Yay! I'm so glad to hear from you. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's okay. Sometimes life is. Kind of hectic. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I'm glad to get through to you. I'm yeah, I'm. Fantastic. I'm glad to hear <laughs> hear from you as well. I forgot that we had to have our headphones on, so I'm like scrambling. Um, but anyway, I'm really excited. I've been to some of the uh, Vancouver theater sports uh, place uh, place that they do, which was really cool during Biff. Um, mm-hmm. And you guys are doing some really funny looking, uh, not funny looking, but like funny um, kind of um, improv shows such as the Monster Matches, which uh, looks really, really cool, which is uh, putting like zombies and vampires against one another, basically. Absolutely. And funny looking. You're not wrong. Oh, I'm not, not ro- wrong. Are they going to dress up? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's even better! I love it. Oh, that's great. Um, are you you yourself? Uh, since you kind of are a prominent member of the theater sports, are you also uh, participating in those kind of events? Oh, absolutely. Um... Oh, oh no! Uh, the technology of phones and phone interviews. Uh, so. I think something accidentally went wrong. So sometimes that happens. I don't know what to say. It just does. Um, guys, when I come on in. Um, but, yeah. So I'll just kind of talk to you about it until he comes right back on. Yeah, so um, about the other movie, I'm really sad now because I just checked the time. And I realized I won't be able to go because I'm volunteering at this at SFU. So I'll be, like, I'll be there. I'll just not be in the movie. Oh no. Yeah. Anyway, okay. I guess I'll just watch it when it comes out like normal theaters. Hello? Hi, I'm back. Oh my god, welcome back. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's okay. It's this uh <laughs> art support is kind of just rolls up the punches as we go along in this. All right. Um uh, yeah. So where where did we leave off? Where so we you were gonna tell me what uh kind of place that you were I I mean not plays, but which of the kind of uh, monster matches, cult fiction, scare witless, which ones are you kind of doing? I'm kind of wondering uh, wh- which improv show you're going, you're going to be participating in. Uh, hopefully, I'll be participating in all of them. Um, oh, in all of them. Our, yeah, hopefully at some point. Uh, we have a large cast of people, and uh, that cast includes uh, people who work in, in as artistic directors and artistic associates. So. Uh, I'm an artistic associate, and um, Graham Duffy is the director and artistic associate of um, Cult Fiction. Uh, Jay Ono is artistic director and executive director of the show, and he still plays sometimes. So there's a lot of uh, bleed from the office, uh, from some of the people who are players and still working in the office to the stage, plus our quite considerable uh, main stage talent as well. So, yeah, hopefully we all get a chance to throw our hat in the ring on these shows. I know, and these shows look so cool and so much fun. Um, yeah. 
and these are like happening at different times as well so if people want to go check them out you sh you basically have to kind of look to see what time it is and what day it's coming on so a lot of uh, them are run from tuesday wednesdays sorry i like have to like speak to like the nameless audience that comes on our show <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we do yeah our, our programming goes from tuesday to saturday for all our mainstay shows plus a rookie show on sunday nights um so um the, the the cult fiction show will be our early show um our where, where our theater sports shows usually were uh on friday and saturday nights uh will be our uh, monster match and then we'll have our late night uh our tail show so um yeah it's it's october is going to be it's going to be our spooktober and uh we are we are loaded up with uh halloween uh, uh, treats or tricks, depending on which uh, how close the stage is set. So there you go. <laughs> so it's like a it's like a like a, one of those water shows where you just get like splashed in the audience, especially in the front yeah. row. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, God, no, we don't want to go down the road of we we're in, we are not going to be uh, uh, any kind of prop comic on this, but we 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 got something for everybody. We do have something for everybody. I know the cult fiction seems really really cool. Um, since yeah, super fun. That one's like framed as a documentary, and I'm like, oh my god, I love fake documentaries. Oh man, if you've seen uh, is it Wild Country, Wild Wild Country, no, I haven't. On, oh, and the one on cults. That's the show uh, that we kind of we looked at and went, <laughs> oh okay, let's take a look at this and and take a look at not just you know not just making fun of cults, but that anything could be a cult and. Really, and that's where the audience suggestions are going to come into it. So, you know, the audience gets to create what are we obsessing over, what are we, what are we making into this cult. So, that, I mean, we don't want to pick on anybody, but what we want to do is kind of take a look at how people and how anything could be a cult, just depending on how much, you know, juice you give it. Yeah, that sounds like so much fun. <laughs> I'm yeah, just, like, thinking so. of all, of, like, the things that can turn into, like, cults now. Like, I'm pretty sure I would make a cult of pizza. Like, that's <laughs> number one cult in my heart. I know, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm very close to being a cult leader on pizza. So, you know, it happens. It happens. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> um, so these are happening, like, from Tuesday to uh, Friday, uh, Saturday? Yeah. Just that's when all our theme shows are going to happen. And then on Sunday, we have our rookie night show. Uh, all our up-and-coming brilliant talent gets to show up on stage and, like, blow the doors off the place. So, yeah. That sounds so much fun and, like, such a great thing to take with your friends, too. Like, instead of, like, going to haunted houses where people will be scared all the time, go to, like, spooked over and get, like, laughs. That's absolutely. a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, bring your friends. Yeah, bring your friends. Bring, bring your enemies, and then they will become your friends. Bring people who you don't really like and then learn to like them through the gift of our laughter. It will happen. That sounds awesome. Well, <laughs> is there anything else you want to say to the kind of, our kind of audience right now? Uh, yeah. Like, please come on down and check us out. We'd love to see you down at the theater. Um, I, think you'll, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. If you've never been down before, I think uh, you're going to love it. If you have been down before, we can't wait to see you again. Um, we're looking forward to these shows. We're super proud of the work that we're putting up, and we really want to show off to everybody. So come down and watch the show off for you. Well, thank you so much. And this is going on from October 9th to the 21st. I mean, the 31st. Sorry about yeah. that, guys. Uh, and yeah. it, the uh, Vancouver Theater, uh, 
theater sports uh, group is at the Granville Island. So yeah, we're at the Improv Center on Granville Island. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on air. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for putting up with the fact that I don't know how to use a phone. Don't worry. I was scrambling, too, so we're both, like, scrambling. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Have a great rest of the day, man. Yeah, you, cheers. Take care. Bye. Well, we're going to do a uh, quick PSA and break time, and then we're going to go right back into some maybe structured time. I don't know. This is the arts report. We're very loose. Do you like laughing, hilarity, radical thought-provoking creativity, and laughing? UBC Improv is UBC's home for improvisational comedy, theater made up on the spot. Like us on Facebook to learn when our next shows are. Search for us on YouTube for our film sketches. And follow us on Twitter because we want the followers. UBC Improv. Insert cheesy slogan here. Let's get it on. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theater, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theater, visit their website at www.riotheater.ca. with the art support here. We're a little bit structured, hopefully. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of reviews since we do have our lovely reporters here. Please introduce yourself, my lovely reporters. Hello. Hey, guys. It's Lua. Hey, it's Margarita. Nice yeah, to meet you. It's our new reporter. Please love her as much as we love her. <laughs> <laughs> she did a nice little introduction herself. That's her new thing now. Um, just like Jake Clark has his voices, she has her rolling um, the tongue. I don't know. Yeah, we'll just be boring, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like my clumsy attempts at like names and like remembering stuff is is a quirk of itself. That's the introdu- Yeah, that's just like our typical introduction. You <laughs> <laughs> doing some clumsy oh, and quirky. So bad. People listening in are like, oh man, <laughs> they really. Um, but you guys got, or at least Lua did, got to go see a very interesting play called Incognito Moan, a play about porn. I gotta remember to say a play about porn and not a porn about a play. (laughs) Not a porn about a play. I keep mixing it up. Like, I keep doing that. And it's, like, the worst thing ever. Because then I, like, tell someone that. They're like, oh, my God, what's this play about that you're, like, really excited about? And I'm like, incognito mode, uh, porn about play. And then I'm like, don't, 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 oh no, oh no, that's not what I meant. I swear I'm not like a pervert. This is, this is not, it gets awkward real fast. Anyway, it was, tell me about this play. It was really interesting. Um, it was a one act play. Like a lot of this, well, not a lot, but like all the productions I've seen at Studio 58 have been one act plays coincidentally. And um, <laughs> the thing about Incognito Mode, a play about porn, 
<laughs> is that it is a play that is coming out of actually a project um, to try to educate people, not people, not general people necessarily, but more like um, young people. Um, and to like, it's like, it came from this project to not stigmatize but bring about some concerns but also like show other aspects of it um so what the project tried to answer the question the project tried to answer was what does it mean to have grown up with the internet and readily available representation of sexuality because what's really different about our generation compared to other generations is that Unlike other generations, we don't go, if you want to see a porn, you don't go into Blockbuster or whatever and they have that special little room and you go into the little room and everyone knows what's in the little room, you know? Oh my god. <laughs> you can just like type it up and you'll have infinite porn, you know? Um, it's so. <laughs> uh, the glories of the internet. Truly, this is what the internet was made for. And they're trying to tackle how does that that change our relationship to porn, um, and not only porn but sexuality and sex in general. Um, so it was really interesting. I want to just point out that I really do recommend this play. But now to the play itself, <laughs> there are some things that I did not like, um, but in general it was very entertaining. It didn't feel like a lecture at all. It really did feel like something that flowed and it was funny at points and at other points it was kind of like touching on more on tenser subjects that you aren't really sure how to deal with. And so the play follows a group of friends and each different friend um, has different experience with sexuality. There is one bi girl um, who... Uh, has some negative experiences with porn, another gay guy who decides to try to go into the porn industry and has uh, good and bad experiences which are explored during the play. There are two couples. One of the couples um, has some issues in the bedroom sense and because of porn, so you see that aspect of it as well. And then one of the other couple um, is trying to be a little bit different, like explore a little bit more. And then there's also this one friend who has had a traumatic experience with with um, a traumatic experience that is preventing her from participating fully into these conversations. So you see all these different aspects of how do people interact with porn and pornography and sex and their sexuality and how it can come in very very much different ways oh wow yeah it's it's very it's a very complex play it goes by really really fast it's one hour and a half more or less oh and yeah, i feel bad i was just thinking it was just gonna be like a fun play but it seems it no seems yeah really like a more in-depth kind of uh look into porn yeah and again studio 58 amazing use of space um they created this completely versatile space that acted both as a computer screen of sorts and as as walls as well it was really amazing again studio 58 i love their space i love what what they do every single time they're amazing at planning that stuff out um but it the ending did feel abrupt because throughout the play 
there are many negative aspects to porn. That is very much true. Um, there are people who um, are watch porn compulsively or have these ideas of what porn is um, when, when sex isn't the same as porn and the fact that female representation of porn is always is usually not always usually very negative or very condescending and there's also rape porn and all those yeah. and they do touch on all those subjects and the ending felt abrupt because a lot of the play were was talking about the negative aspects of porn and then in the ending it was it just felt really quick where they're like but there are other ways of doing porn because they also um, talked about the ethical porn or i'm not sure how they phrased it but it's basically a porn it's like outside of the mainstream industry um so it is the actors who control the entire process and if they do want to do something if they don't want to do something they have full control of that which i think is really great and will i hope grows um but the thing is although they did touch on those positive things and they did end on a positive note the positive note was just so quick and so it kind of that it kind of just feels like oh all this negative all this like pressure like not pressure but like all these negative aspects and someone who i enjoy porn like i think um i think it's pretty cool <laughs> but like oh i also God. understand that all of the negative aspects of porn but like it just felt so focused on a negative throughout and yes it's important to point those out but and then just end with that but you can watch whatever you want you can do whatever you want you can't like it's cons- as long as it's consensual that note i feel that that note could be have been explored a lot better yeah so it kind of felt like you had all this like information on um what how like kind of the porn and porn industry is to people but then uh they try to give it like oh here's like they did like the cons and then they did like the yeah the pro- pros, yeah but, but like, it was the like cons were like a lot more, yeah like, you know, a lot more like what I wanted rushing. what I think that I left there kind of wanting it to be like instead of because what it felt in the end it kind of felt like you should porn is a very big and we're trying to talk about it and trying to figure out how do people deal with it and how do people interact with it and it's mostly negative and you probably shouldn't do it or if you're doing it should be conscious about it but you know and like the writing in but you know if you want to do it do it (laughs) you know that kind of thing and what i kind of wish that they would have done a little bit further they did do it at a superficial level but like kind of go deeper into it is like how to do it where are the forms are people actually watching this different type of form um how can you um not like make sure you're not supporting abusive uh companies you know like towards the actors that kind of stuff i wish they kind of went in deeper they touched they touched it superficially but because the ending felt very abrupt it might have been a play that would have benefited from having two acts you know yeah i i think those i think Honestly, I think that the porn and porn industry is really fascinating to me. I think it's a really interesting kind of um, kind of dive into understanding this like thing that we all kind of like watch and we like interact with. That's still kind of considered a little, a little like something you don't really talk about. 
or at least think about in like the industry sense so i am i i can see your point to like that but i think it's like i think just like going really deep into that kind of play or anything like that um that sort of topic i think it is a little hard to like try to get everything and i think that if they tried to i'm like playing dead like like devil's uh, advocate without advocate right now but although the play is not the devil <laughs> but um that i think that they kind of missed out on some of the concept uh porn or porn industry has that i think that would there would have been a little like pushback maybe no i i, I know I, like and i understand that point as well it's just that part of me just wish there was a little bit deeper exploration at the end on like also the positive aspect because most of the play was negative and i understand why it was negative like it makes total and complete sense and i'm not saying that the negatives should equal the positives i'm just saying that the ending was very much like one person coming on stage and being like but what if i want to do this like it was literally like one person coming on stage and saying and doing this like short monologue and it just kind of felt very abrupt to end at that no- in that note. Sounds like they were confined by their time limit. But uh, yeah. also, I feel like so that sometimes happens in other forms of art, also in music. You're like a great song, and then it just ends in the most unthoughtful way. And yeah. it's like, why did you do this to me? I was enjoying myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Also, I have one pet peeve about this oh. play. Um, there is one character that he doesn't stutter like all the time, but there is this one scene where he's trying to um, talk about his um, compulsion with pornography with his partner and he starts stuttering. Okay. And I'm sorry, as someone who stutters, he he was doing the Hollywood stutter. That's that's not how people stutter in real life. I stutter um, not in these kind of situations obviously like i'm on the radio guys i can do it <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah my like radio voice <laughs> my radio me um yeah i don't stutter all the time but like i definitely have i can't produce speak all the time like this um especially when like my anxiety attacks and be like who anyway <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> all of that um yeah, so, like, the way he stuttered really got me, like, really anxious because that's not... First, like, if any time I hear someone stutter, it gets me really anxious because, like, I don't think I can speak anymore. And second, the way because he wasn't doing it realistically, it got me into my pet peeves because, like, if you're going to stutter, stutter. Like, a person stutters, like, with stuttering, there's repetition there's a lot of repetition because you want to try to convey your idea. You stutter, and then after you say it the first time, you repeat it a bunch of times just to make sure the person understood what you said the first time. You know, like, those little things. That's, like, the one negative aspect that I think that it kind of, like, really stuck to me just because it's one of my pet peeves. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm not a Like, fan. if you're going to stutter, stutter right. Like, Come on. <laughs> it's more than a pet peeve, isn't it? It's like... Uh... A misleading representation. Oh, yeah. You could call it a disability, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, I don't know. Because my dad used to stutter. And maybe that's why I stutter. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, like, he uh, 
I don't have a speech impediment, and this character did not have a speech speech impediment of any sort. It was, it was like, like stuttering. Yeah, it was a nervous stuttering, and I understand nervous stuttering very well. And yeah, anyway, that's my opinion on that. But the play is going to go on for um, let me until October fourteenth. So that is next Monday or Tuesday. Because I want to go see it. Yeah, and you guys should definitely check it out. It's a really interesting play. It brings up some very important um, themes and ideas that you're that are really important in today's age and time. And with the internet, what how to proceed? You know, like these questions of what what to do about porn. Is it okay? Is it not okay? Like how do how do I watch porn without like contributing to yeah. uh, a porn industry that not, might not always be great? And not only that, they also uh, pointed out, and I think this is a really cool. Even if you're studying psychology, that they chose the name incognito mode for a very specific reason. Right. You know, like they started the play and saying first it was private, then it was like because incognito mode is the name of the yeah. Chrome. When you open the window, yeah. it's an incognito mode, yeah. <laughs> right? And like they they exp- they explain that it's not only incognito mode online. The porn is the one thing that you're kind of alone, even if you're around people. Like it's the one thing. It's one of the things that you don't really talk about. It's a, one of those things that it's kind of a taboo, but at the same time, it's not a taboo. It's in that gray area. And with it being so readily available today, what to do about it? That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to do some more reviews just a little bit uh, later after we do some ads and PSAs. But we have some reviews on VIF, the Vancouver International Film Festival. So get ready for this. It's going to be really cool. See you in a bit. Also, remember level 16? Are you going? Are you starting fresh this year and looking for new, exciting activities to do with friends on campus? Did you watch theater in high school and now miss it? Feeling overwhelmed and need a break? Come and escape to another world through thrilling live performance right on campus. Celebrate with us the 60th anniversary of UBC Theater and Films 2018-19 season. <laughs> Still need more convincing? It's only 11.50 for UBC students with your card. And bring your ticket into Kerner's after the show to get 10% off your food. Check out theaterfilm.ubc.ca today. My mama told me when I was young, we're all superstars. Hey folks, the Pride Collective at UBC is an AMS resource group for LGBTQ plus folks. All our events and resources are free, so you should check us out on Facebook or come to Nest 2103 and say hi. We have so many fun events every week. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Vancouver, not the Vancouver International <laughs> Festival, but we are going to be talking about it. I'm sorry. I'm like really bad today. I'm like so tired. Have She had so many midterms, guys. It's midterm season that UBC, which basically means it's the entire term. But <laughs> I have not slept well in forever, and I'm really excited to just sleep. I'm so confident. I will not drink coffee. That's like, I know everyone tells me that, but then I don't do it. Okay, wait, wait, wait. We're going off topic. <laughs> Vancouver International Film Festival. So our new reporter uh, is going to review one of the uh, films from it. So do you want to just tell us what the film is? Yeah, I'm going to do my best. Um, 
So the movie that I watched was uh, made in Iceland and also a bit in uh, the Ukraine. Um, it was called Women at War. And it tells the story of an eco-activist performing all kinds of disruptive actions. So she's um, harming some electricity plants. And it tells the story of what's happening in her life after she receives a phone call, a very important phone call that she's been waiting for for some years. Um, so after she returns from one of her sabotaging adventures, she gets this phone call. And seeing as her last sabotage is causing some uh, political havoc and the pressure to discover her is um, already rising, she decides to go on some last big bang. Uh, I don't want to spoil the story for you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, she does some pretty cool things. And also, of course, it's um, focused on her personal story, her change um, in relation to this new phone call that she's getting with the personal information that um, she's receiving. Um, what I wanted to talk about uh, regarding this movie is some really nice artistic um, elements that are incorporated. Um, so the foremost thing is that while, while you're watching the movie and the music comes on, it's a trio. It's a piano, percussion, and a, and a trombone. And um, as the music comes into the scene, the musicians come into the scene. The musicians are part oh. of the movie. And every time the music comes in, they're there. And at first, they're kind of like passive watchers. And with time, they're, they're getting more and more into the plot of the movie. Like, for instance, there is a, an action that she's performing, and it's getting a lot of social traction. And then they finish their piece and pick up their phones to check what's going on, why their phones are blowing up, and retweet. All kinds of stuff like that. And there's also, I really enjoyed the, the music in this uh, movie. It's kind of like um, really avant-garde um, compose, uh, composure. And there are also a trio of singers singing in um, classic uh, Ukrainian style, like folk Ukrainian, if that means something to you. Like a kind of belting uh, trio, trio singers. And they are also in the movie, uh, appearing when they're uh, when you hear them. So the nice thing, of course, about having the musicians on screen is that it accentuates the music's presence. And other than that, you also have the sense of when the music is not playing, you notice that there is no other background. It's just natural sounds, and um, the music is employing the movie is employing. Um, natural effects such as uh, a kettle uh, steaming to um, to emphasize drama. Um, also, I wanted to note that um, Woman at War is starred by an actress who is 55, oh. playing a main role, main character who's 49. Oh, I'm she's 55 and playing a character who's 49? Yeah, just like basically... Need a more. mature woman playing a mature woman. She's not um, a 30-year-old woman playing the mother of an 18-year-old 
kid, which always pisses me yeah. off. <laughs> oh, don't need to hear from me. <laughs> I hate it too. Especially, I hate it especially when it's like, sorry, I'm like doing hand <laughs> movements because I have so many feelings about that. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. I cannot snap. So that's <laughs> my next one. Okay, we don't okay, need to my, <laughs> we don't need to pick on me for my snapping. People like snap in my face because they're like, oh my god, you can't snap. It's a very touchy issue for me. Um. But yeah, I really, I, I gotta hate when like there's an older male actor and then he's like in a like the 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 movie has him in a relationship with like this super young female actor and of I'm course. like, I hate this. <laughs> like, and it's always just one body type for the women, but a variety of body types for the men. But yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, she's playing a mature woman. She is a mature woman. I really like that, and she's doing stuff. Uh, what's the name of the test where two women are oh, talking? Oh, Bechtel test. Bechtel. So it passes that, of course. Yes. And also some... Uh, Does it pass the reverse Bechtel test? Is that the same thing? What is the reverse? The reverse Bechtel test is basically like, are there any... Like, th- like if the Bechtel test is... Are there t- uh, more so, more than one woman? Lua, don't tell me it's what talking I think about it is. something other than men. Is it two men yeah. talking to one another that's about not about women? a woman? Yeah, and if it doesn't pass the Bechtel test, because uh. every Jane Eyre, it's not Jane Eyre. Wait, Jane Eyre? Not Jane Eyre. Oh, Jane Austen. I was like, what? What literature well, like, confusing what are you stuff? About? Uh, all of Jane Austen's movie, uh, mo- movies, not movies, guys, books. Sorry. You can do it. You're getting there. <laughs> all of her books don't pass the reverse test. And that's pretty cool because they pass the, the test, but they don't pass the reverse test because she basically writes books in a way that men would write about, like, as if write books about oh. women in the way that men would write books about. It is about chauvinist, women. but on the other direction. Yeah, yeah. It's it, not, no, it's not, because it's. Well, if men are portrayed I, talking about nothing but women, it is chauvinist. No, because it's not necessarily only about women, but it's like the main characters. It's like relationships, but. I can get where you're trying to go, but honestly, after watching like a bunch of movies and reading a bunch of like plays and 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 books about men just talking to one another that doesn't have anything to do with a woman, I'm like okay with watching a play about two women actually talking to one another. <laughs> well, of course, that's the thing, right? Yeah. So I don't. I I think that's. Uh, sorry, Louis. I don't. I no, think that's I'm. That is, that's exactly what I'm saying, <laughs> dude. You're not. I'm so dumb. <laughs> that's exactly like the reverse one is like if two men are only talking about other characters that are women in the movie and they don't have a conversation that's about other things. If the Rebecca, like that's the oh, reverse. Yeah, yeah, that's the reverse. Okay. You, you hadn't gotten that. <laughs> she just got it. Yeah, now she got get, it. I'm getting it slowly. You're like not going to be tested piece. on it. It's yeah, okay. don't worry about it. Okay, it's okay. Like, anyway, it's anyways, not a tell me, tell me more <laughs> about this film. So first <laughs> I'm going to tell you when it's playing. Yes, uh, that's what was that, that was like my first question that was going to come out okay, of my mouth. So I watched it last week, but it's also playing this October 12th. Is this Friday? Yes, next Friday. Next Friday. So it's you the have, last day of VIF as well. So you have it on the last day of VIF. Uh, October 12th, I don't have the location here, but maybe it's uh, the, in the Gold Corp. Um, oh, arrive a, a little bit earlier and make sure you have the membership because you have to have the membership to get in. Um, what else can I say about this movie? It's touching, it's humorous, but it still tells a human story. Um, and it's not too serious. I mean, the backdrop is the environmental issue, but it's 
not about that. It really just acts as like the catalyst. And there is some fun, fun, um, like anecdotes regarding politics, regarding yoga, regarding pop culture, uh, the stuff with the texting and also other elements kind of incorporate like today's tech in a funny way and not mm -hmm. too heavy. And I recommend it. Yeah. Last thing I want to say. Oh, um, nice uh, visual experience. A lot of Icelandic scenery, which is for me important. I like to wash my eyes. <laughs> That's it. Go see it. A woman at war. I think you should watch with your eyes as well. Um, so we have Gosh. another review from our Jotbone segment with Jake Clark, and we're just going to play that really quickly. Um, so yeah, talk to you guys in a few minutes. You're listening to The Arts Report on CITR 11.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam territory of UBC's Point Grey campus. I'm Jake Clark, and this is The Jawbone. We do not have an interview for you today, but we do have three reviews. One is of the Arts Club's premiere production for this season, which is Mustard. The other two are VIF features we've discussed in previous interviews, that is Matangi, Maya, MIA, and Kingsway. To start with, Mustard, very dynamic play with an interesting premise. The idea is that there is a teenage girl named Ty, played by UBC BFA acting alumnus Heidi DeMeo, whose imaginary friend Mustard, played by Andrew McNee, has not left, disappeared to her. And there are consequences to that, primarily because of her parents' divorce and Mustard eventually developing a crush on her mother, Sadie, played by Jenny Wasco-Patterson. The play is interesting in that it manages to get across the rules of the imaginary friends, or boons as the case may be, without being too lore-heavy, which I think is a problem with a lot of fantasies to over-explain the, uh, the rules of whatever universe they're in. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes a fantasy play is just, it is. You, you can't tell why. It works fairly well in that respect. McNeese also got a lot of energy. It really does sell it. He really is very bombastic, very fun to watch. The play itself deals as much with Ty's coming of age, which is very fraught. There's her boyfriend, played by Shirag Naik, is kind of a goof. He's, he's, he's a college kid, and it's that situation. The play isn't terribly kind to him, but I really don't think it should be. It, he's just kind of, kind of a cringeworthy character. It manages to get across these very intimate, these kind of touching moments in points, it's, it's an interesting play to see, and it doesn't seem over-explained, nor does it seem like a film someone put on stage, like you could say about, say, The Day Before Christmas from a couple years back. It, it's worth maybe checking out with maybe your parents. It, it's, got an, it's got an engaging premise. Next up, uh, Steve Loveridge's Matangi Maya M.I.A. Uh, Matangi Maya M.I.A. is a documentary about, well, who do you think it's about? It's about M.I.A. Now, I mentioned previously that I, you know, I know a little bit about M.I.A., like Kala, I think that's a good album. Uh, of course, No Paper Planes. I don't really know that much about her specifically. So this was actually very enlightening to that, as well as to the political situation of Sri Lanka, among other things. Like any good musical documentary, it does highlight its subject's shortcomings to a degree, which I think in her case would be this desire to communicate these messages, which is undermined by this definite tendency to very much sloganize, very much hit it as hard as possible, which is excellent for a showman, and it definitely has efficacy, but there's also points where it deals with these very complex issues, and the issues in Sri Lanka, as I'm given to understand from this feature, 
are very dicey in that respect. Indeed, it can lead to her being cast as a sympathizer of terrorists. And the thing is that it's it's shown that there is an equivocation there. And that's important to understand in terms of more so understanding these political points than understanding her music. As I am not a political scientist, I'm going to focus on the music, which I really like. Uh, one interesting thing I realized from this is that $20 from Kala, which is a song I sort of remember, but not as well, was actually co-written with New Order with and uh, that was like that was interesting like it's I just rewatched 24 hour party people so that's just interesting to think about so yeah if you can find that definitely check it out it's an interesting look at an artist who you you know benefit to listen to and like it, it, it reminds you of a few things reminds you of the 2000s in ways that are not painful so that's good and lastly we have Bruce Sweeney's Kingsway. Kingsway is a, I think I mentioned Edward Burns when we interviewed Bruce. If not, I edited it out. And it really does harken back to that. Uh, I, maybe harken back isn't the right turn of phrase, but it's got that similar mixture of verbal comedy, character comedy, and a dramatic setup, essentially. And it works well in this format. It's got some excellent performances in it. Gabrielle Rose and Camille Sullivan really knock it out of the park on this one, I would say. And there is a really great, well, it was mentioned, the use of setting. It is similar to, in that sense, Meditation Park, because it is very palpable. You can feel the setting. It engages very visibly with that, and that works very well. It plays out really well directly because of that. So it's definitely worth catching. If you can, check out some more VIF features, and, you know, next time we'll have an interview for you. I'm Jake Clark. This has been The Jawbone, and over to who just played this. Hey guys, we're right back on here. Um, Not so, long ago. <laughs> yeah. well, kind of. <laughs> um, so those are kind of some reviews on some of our plays and some of the really cool things. Honestly, I'm probably taking uh, taking a date to go to the Spooktober. <gasps> Wait, is the one you told me? About? Okay, we're, we're not, not going to go with that. Don't take him to incognito. It's on incognito. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this definitely seems like a really awesome place to go take your date on. So yeah, that's fun. Actually, yeah. on that you get note, to interact. That, um, that was my first date with my boyfriend. Uh, it was at theater sports. Yeah. Oh, no way. Theater sports is just bringing yeah. people together. And they actually know. got on stage, both of us. They called us no on stage, <laughs> both of us, to do like part of the, oh, we need the audience participation part. Yeah, oh my it was God. like after that date, I was like, "Yeah, I want to see this guy." <laughs> you know, because before this that, I was like, a, yeah. "I was almost gonna cancel that date." And oh then, my yeah. God! <laughs> and then after it, I was like, "Yeah, I kind of like him." <laughs> I kind of theater sports. My God, theater sports. <laughs> day, go. day capital now. <laughs> Which player are gonna see? The... I think I want to see the one about what the cult. Cult, cult, cult fiction. Cult? Yeah, do that. I think that I really enjoy like kind of those documentary sort of stuff, and that looks like a lot of fun. So I'm definitely gonna check that out. But they have other stuff as well, which was like the uh, monster mash or yeah, monster zombies matches. versus yeah. They would do have like a zombies uh, like. I guess zombie actors and then vampire actors. Nice. And they have to like go against one another to see who has like the funniest. The perfect show. apocalypse. Uh, they also have a scared witless creepy campfire tales, which is uh, the 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 improvers uh, are a group of ha hikers trapped in like a forest, and they have to. They're like inspired by like the audience uh, suggestions. They just like 
settle down and like act out some ghost stories. So that one also looks really cool. And then the other one is W2F, WTF What the Fright, which, <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> Love it. Uh, it's kind of like a, like a spookier um, show that they regularly do, which is like What the Fun. Um, it takes like bizarre news headlines found in like media and so, uh, nice. different social media, and then they give them like a screamingly funny twist to it. Where do you get tickets? Um, I think you can get online. tickets online. Yeah. Most definitely, you can get them online.